Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Another day in paradise. It's all uh, about selling from the heart, Daryl. It's so fun. So many ideas right now. And I got to say, man, I'm still riding a high from that conversation last week with Mark Hunter. What an incredible uh, conversation. If you didn't get a chance to hear that episode, definitely bookmark that and go back. It's, it's a fantastic conversation about prospecting. And uh, Larry, I'm really excited about our, our conversation today and the guests that we have. Um, but by the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, to being authentic, to bringing real substance, um, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. But uh, Larry, uh, I got to say that uh, the topic today is going to be, this is going to be an interesting discussion for sure. So why don't you set up our guest <laughs> yeah, it will be. But just right before that, you just never know what you're going to get when Mark Hunter comes on the podcast. Oh, my he gosh. Just, it is always an adventure. Did. Oh, and by the way, a shout out. We, I mean, I'd be remiss uh, if we didn't give a shout out to Outbound, uh, the Outbound Conference coming up in the end of April. You don't want to miss that one. And uh, right now, um, the tickets are going really quickly. It sold out last year. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to do the same this year. Um, go to outboundconference.com, enter heart100, and uh, you actually get $100 off just because you listen to the Selling from the Heart podcast, which how cool is that? Um, but you're going to get to see Larry. You'll see Mark Hunter, Jeb Blunt, Anthony Anarino. I mean, it's going to, Weinberg's there. It's going to be fantastic. So I can't wait uh, to be in our room full of people that are dedicated to improving their craft and uh, being ultra successful at, at sales and, and generating net new business. But we've got a, a guest on today that I think is going to give a lot, of, a lot of insight into how we can improve our sales teams in particular. So Larry, why don't you set up our guest and let's dive in. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to Phil. But but before that, you know, and before we started the podcast, we were talking and I go, you know, isn't it interesting how in life now your journey takes you on so many different places and you meet some of the coolest people. It's and amazing. When you, and when you combine social into this, uh, amazing things happen. And, and I go back to a conversation I had months ago with John Ferrara from Nimble. And we were talking about how salespeople must become influencers inside networks because this helps with how you get noticed. That's and this, right. This is just a great example of how I met Phil Keen was just through becoming influential and speaking my mind and sharing great insights. And then a good friend of mine who's a good friend of Phil's introduced us together and we just struck up a friendship though. We don't talk all the time. We talk online, which, you know, quite frankly is kind of integrated into sales now anyway. So without further ado, welcome Phil Keen to selling from the heart podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be on. Yeah. And um, you know, as, as we ask every guest uh, that's kind of comes on the podcast, but what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Yeah, I, I think selling from the heart is, 
there's a, there's a good quote. It came from one of the, one of the shark tank guys. And I think it nails it spot on is selling is being kind, not nice. Uh, Uh, So what that means is when you're, when you have a genuine intent and you really personally care about the success of the person on the other side, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to push yourself and maybe it's the, it's not the nicest thing to do, Mm -hmm. but it's the right thing to do. And if you have it from a genuine place, and you deliver it in a way that you truly care about that other person and their success, like it just comes across that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because like my style, like I'm, if you ever follow like disc profile or anything like that, like I'm high D and pretty direct as it is. And, and there's jokes about it, even my sales team about it. But at also the same time, it's, I will deliver what you need to hear. Yeah. But it's also coming from a place where it's, there is genuine love behind what's being said. And I think that's how sales should work most times is say what needs to be said and do it with the right reason. And, and, and that's what selling from the heart really, in my opinion, would mean. You know, and, and here's what, here's what's interesting. And as, and you know, I'm listening to what you're saying. And the first, here's the first thing that just blew up in my mind right now. It's your personal relationships versus your business relationships. So here's where I'm going with this, Phil is, and, and I share this all the time with people. Let's unpack your personal relationships. Hopefully, and with all good intent, right? You're genuine, you're real, you're heartfelt, you're kind, and we can start throwing in 20 other adjectives and things like that inside the relationships aspect of this. Why is it so difficult for many to take those same personal characteristics and transfer that over to sales, you see, where I'm, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, and that's a that's Great a lot question. to fill out. It's it's a good question because I, I what I feel is that a lot of people don't, and it kind of bleeds into our topic. I, I, <laughs> a lot of people don't know where to apply it. They don't know what it looks like, and they've never had anybody model that behavior for them. So when you're sitting there and you're used to just running scripts all day long, and that's all you do, you don't know how to break it. Yeah. And when you don't bring who you are as a unique person to sales, you'll ultimately fall on your face over time. And it's also super draining. Like you, part of the reason why I love sales is because I can be me mm. all day long. Like mm. I can be who I am at all times. And I, I feel like the people that are not successful in sales are the people that don't know how to bring themselves to work, like truly bring Larry to work or Daryl to work and, and be who you are. Uh, and that comes across when you're delivering to any prospect and I am who I am and they know it. And, and at the same time, like I expect the same back from them and, and giving them the Liberty to do that. So. Yeah. Such a Dr. Seuss moment. I am who I am. Therefore I, am. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, but, but see, you, you bring up a really great point. And then I, I really want to dive into, you know, this topic. Cause I think everyone's going to like it is that's why I wrote the beginning of selling from the heart that way. And, mm-hmm. and I start seeing it inside sales teams is, you know, I'm not disrespecting what's going on with leaderships and managers and things like that, because we all have our hands full and we all have our own sets of challenges, but we don't spend enough time at a, at a management and leadership level to help salespeople uncover the best versions of themselves because mm-hmm. we're so focused on 
the company, the product, the solution, the service, uh, the outcome and things like that, that we go, you know what, at the other end of that is a human being who actually works inside my sales department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of leads me to my next point of, of I, I'm, I'm pretty well trained on Sandler methodology. And they have a set of rules. And one of the rules that's absolutely my favorite rule in that world is you have to learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. (laughs) And that is sales to a T and it's, it's know the, know the rules. And what I think that it's know what happens in a call and, and know what, what should be said and know the vision of good, no perfect. Mm. Once you know perfect and you do it well enough that's when you could be Larry. That's yeah. when you can be who you are and, and deliver your personal self every single time. And it gives you so much more flexibility. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Well, you know, it, it does bring us to the topic that we wanted to talk about today, which is, um, and by the way, what's, what's great is in having Phil on the call is Phil's a practitioner, right? You lead a team of 35 salespeople. Um, you're in the trenches every day. Um, you know, this is, this is, you don't have time for theory. This is all down to execution and making it happen. So it's good to talk, um, talk shop with someone that is like right neck deep in all this every day. But, you know, one of the things that, um, is, is a common theme is, and it's a, it's a really important question is why does sales training so rarely stick? You know, why is it that, that, I mean, we know we need to train our reps, even as sales professionals, we know we need to be trained and improve our craft, but why is it that it so rarely sticks? And I'm assuming this conversation comes out of experience of (laughs) not sticking, (laughs) right? Oh, I'll, I'll give the disclaimer. This is probably going to turn into a two-part episode because I can go on for a minute. Oh, man. So I, many stories, right? Yeah. I, I, I think the nuts and bolts of it, though, if you really boil it down is we, it happens a couple different ways. There's really, I, I've really seen three different ways for most organizations, and, and there's some really exceptional world-class ones that don't do these ways. But mm-hmm. the old school way is, hey, Larry, Welcome to your first day. Go right. sit next to Daryl. He knows what he's doing. He'll teach you everything you need to know. That's right. And all of a sudden, Daryl just goes, wrong with that, man? Uh, <laughs> no offense. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing against you, Daryl. Like, hey, 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 Phil. Hey, Phil, trust me. You don't want to spend the day with Daryl. So that was a bad idea. <laughs> all right. Sorry. So hypothetically speaking, I'm going to train Larry. Why is this a bad idea? <laughs> well, I think what ends up happening is that all of a sudden Daryl goes on a soapbox and tells everything about all the world's problems and, and everything that's going to happen in the world of sales and really does very little actual sales training. And then Larry's three days in and is like, I probably should pick the phone up. And he does. And he just figures it out on his own. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't love the approach, but it happens way too often. If we could just stop doing that, that'd be great. No, that was, I mean, that, I wish I had that much support when I started, because when I started, they literally handed me a binder and a box of business cards. That's uh, a win. That's a win. You had a binder, right? you had your manual, you're good to go. I, I didn't have Larry. No, I tell you what, now I'm going to, now I'm going to date myself guys. And I know we're getting off topic, but 
you know, it, it, it runs rampant in my family that we always have to one up each other. Right. So <laughs> if I, if I got a cold. Somebody else says they got the flu. So I got to one up everybody. And, you know, it, and when I first started, I got a box of business cards. Uh-huh. This is what you go say. And here you can't come back until you've gathered 50 business cards with names on the back. And then, by the right. way, when you come back, now you got to start calling these people. Right. <laughs> even if you called them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Good luck. That still happens today. Yeah. It still happens way too often. Um, yeah. And then the second form of training is you got a product person that comes in, sits you down, you spend oh, yeah. three days doing that. And you're like, all right, I know everything about the product, but we never talk to you about how to actually sell it. Right. So, right you know enough, go figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> that also happens a lot. Manual. Right. And right here's the, here's the manual. Here's, I have a PowerPoint deck. It's 472 slides. I hope you're ready right. for it. Uh, we go through that all and, and then nothing sticks and we have to figure out on our own how to make it happen. Uh, that's probably the most prevalent. And then really good organizations do invest in a trainer, a real trainer, an outside trainer that comes in mm-hmm. and just teaches theory and teaches how sales should work. And that's it. It stops. Yeah. Like we, we, we do this training and then we expect our team to just go figure right. it out on their own. No. Right. You're yeah. good. You learned it. I taught you once. Now I think you're going to be perfect at it. Yeah. So, and, and you know, here, here's the interesting thought about this, Phil, is, you know, this whole training concept inside sales departments, I don't care if it's a small sales team, a medium-sized sales team, or, you know, a corporate major account team, is sales training to me, because I've witnessed it, I've sat in them, it's almost like an event, right? Mm-hmm. It's a day event or it's an event over a a small period of time. But then on the side of this is we want to make so many analogies of, you know, sports versus sales, Mm -hmm. sports, this and sports versus sales. And I go, great. You know, they're fun, right? It's water cooler talk and and so forth. But let's peel it back. You know, what's the core fundamentals of when you're working inside of a sales team, right? It's training, it's practice, it's preparation, it's game you know, it's all these things done repeatedly over time and it right. never stops. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think is the big issue inside sales is that is if you have a playbook, I don't care if you do or you don't, right. Is what are you doing consistently every single day to right. train, coach your salespeople? Right. Yeah. My rule of thumb when it comes to that is three hours a week per person. And that usually comes as an hour of classroom setting. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets an hour uh, where we invest in them really, really working on fundamental skills. And there's usually role plays inside of that. Usually there's a, an activity they're doing inside of that. And there's me sitting on a soapbox most times or my sales trainer on her soapbox <laughs> and going through the theory of all how it works. And, and then we talk about it. And then there's usually everybody gets a role play and we role play the process. We role play the conversation and we, we do it perfectly. And I expect it to be perfect in the role play execution. Mm-hmm. And it's, I know you're going to mess up because you don't do it like this every single time, but do it perfect. Do it every single time this way in role play. Right. And then on top of that, usually it's sit down, we'll, we'll listen. We'll sometimes listen. They don't know we're listening so we can get real feedback and we'll make no, notes to, to follow up on that. And then we coach through those little tiny things that if you just make the slight adjustment, Mm-hmm. you'd have a way better percentage of winning. Yeah. So it's just watching and, and I try to get everybody three hours a week. That's my, that's typically my goal. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So one of the obviously the the one of the first main reasons sales training doesn't stick is it never gets reinforced. Correct. And and that you know if you think training as you were talking there, I was thinking about the sports analogy. Like imagine if the Dodgers said, okay, we're going to bring in an incredible world class batting coach, and we're going to have a day you know this this winter of batting practice and we're going to learn how new techniques to bat and then didn't do anything until the season started that you know there is no chance i mean if if that team's going to perform you got to go to the batting cage every day and practice practice reinforcing that stuff and and i mean it's ludicrous to think that we can launch sales training and affect change without some kind of follow-on um, coaching practice reinforcement yet it happens quite frequently it's, it's the rule it happens way than, too often yeah i mean it's it's, it's, it's crazy exception it's the rule yeah it, it's something where and if you really think of real true sales methodology or real like it gets pretty deep sometimes when yeah. you really truly have to understand the principles behind what's actually happening mm-hmm. and we tell you and then we say all right Go ahead, get on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's essentially as Larry's first day, go sit on the phone with Daryl and see how it goes. Like, that's what you're doing. You're just yeah, telling right. him what it is first that you're going to go look for and then, oh, go make it happen. But what we really want to do is we want to slow them down and we want to make sure they have tried it at least once and do it. Um, do it here. Larry, you're, you're an LA guy. So I'll, you're, are you a Lakers fan? Yeah. All right. So I'll use a Magic Johnson analogy for you then. All right. So Magic Johnson has this quote which is professionals practice in private. And what that means to me is before he got on the court and took a three pointer, he shot 50,000 three pointers before it happened. Right. Why is sales any different? And kind of along the lines of we're going to go in the batting cages. We're going to swing yep. 500 times this way until we out, out and do it in a game. Like we want to know that it works this way. So if you're going to teach a new technique, make sure they try it 50 times before they go out and try it and actually use it in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that like one of my favorite business quotes of all time actually comes from magic Johnson, which is professionals practice in private. Let's practice when it's friendly. Let's practice where I can coach you and it's not going to hurt anything or affect you. Let's go. Once you do that, let's go get a list of low grade leads that we know that if we get them converted, whatever, but if they die, then they die and it's, it's okay. Like the lead can just disappear in our CRM and forever. Right. Let's go practice on those people. Let's go right. use that technique against those people for a little bit. And then now let's call our core group that we know we can convert. We need to give them a place that it's safe. We need to give them a place that it's okay to mess up. And yeah. it's also one where I'll like, maybe I'll go right shotgun and say, you know what, for the next hour, you're going to make phone calls. And for the next hour, I just want to listen to you do this thing over and over and over again. And I don't care if you get a demo. I don't care if you win a deal. I don't care what happens. Just try it. And that's success for you right now in the next hour. Like those are the things that you can reinforce behavior. It's okay to try it and fail. Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a, I have a question. I have a question for you, Phil. And, and I'm just curious, you know, with your role and the, and the 35 salespeople that you have that, that roll up to you on your team is this, um, obviously, you know, you got, they're probably stack ranked between, you know, top all the way down to the less fortunate on your team, right? Just based on numbers or whatever y'all rank your, rank your salespeople on. Do you treat number one any different than you treat number 35 when it comes to how you train and work with your sales team? Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So number one, 
uh, really the top 20%. So we kind of put them in a bucket called like, oh, by the way, which, oh, by the way, means here's this technique. Oh, by the way, Larry, if you want to try it, go ahead and try it. But you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just be, just be you, do, you, do all the time. Like let your, let your top performers be your top performers. And where you get your lift is percentage 21 to basically right. The, 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 the top tier, right. The middle group, that core yeah. group, your, yep. your, your B player to your curve, C right. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. That group, that middle 60% group. Yeah. That's where you focus your time. Those are the people that they role play every single day with me or my leads or whoever, right. They get a role play every day. Yeah. And we invest time in them. We sit with them, we coach them, we train them, we develop them, we, we do whatever we possibly can to get them to the place they need to. We set goals for them and, and we coach through these things to hope to get them to that top 20% tier. It's critical that we get that group to move up. Mm-hmm. What happens most time is that we take this training from this coach, they come in, they do all this stuff, and then we don't reinforce the behavior, we don't coach it, we don't practice it, we don't do anything to actually help them translate to our world. And then we hold the accountable negative, the, the lowest 20%. And then we try to coach the, t- the lowest 20%. We invest all this time in people that are going to eventually disappear. And yeah. from a numbers perspective, it just doesn't make sense. Like you, you really want to focus on that core 60 group. That, that 60% is going to give you a huge chunk. And if you get them to move up, your top 20% is always going to find a way to stay in the top 20%. It will just push them further. Yeah, that's good. That's true. You know, it, it, it's interesting. And, um, and I like what you just said. I'm, do you mind if I throw a little caveat on top of that or a little twist? Absolutely. Would you mind? I, I don't mind at all. No, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I just had to ask because it was Daryl and I having the conversation to be a whole different. I just <laughs> it out, but I, I respect who you are. It's so polite all of a sudden, Larry. What's the deal? It's cause it, dude, it's because it's Phil. If it's just you and I, then I, I just <laughs> But, um, and and I hear what you're saying on this. So I, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw my past hat on for a second. Yeah. So I was in that top 20%. So it, it, inside the role I played, I was probably one or two all the time. And, and that was okay because I was harder on myself and I drove myself harder than any sales manager, any VP of sales, anybody ever drove me. So I was, on, I was my own worst enemy most of the time when it came to that. But in looking back, I go, man, can you imagine if that VP of sales or that manager, instead of just saying, hey, you know what, Larry, I know what you're going to give me, right? You're self-motivated. You're all that. Boom. I love you. Tap on the back, right? I'll see you at President's Club trip or whatever. I, I look back and I go, I wish that they would have pushed me a little bit harder. I wish they would have given this to me a little bit more. And, right. and, and, and I throw that out just in, in listening to what you said, because I, I think a lot of times the top 20%, we, which is given, right? They're just going to do it. But can you imagine if we just, we treated them just a little bit different and go, you know what, what would happen, Phil, if I got five more percent out of you, what would that right. really mean to you? See where I'm going with this? Absolutely. And that, that, so to be clear on that top 20%, we don't ignore them. We don't, no, and I know you did, but I just had to throw it out there. Yeah. It's more of, they still get their three hours a week. They still get trained and developed. Okay. It is, we, they still come to class. They do those things and we still coach things. And, and it's funny if you actually watch those top 20% operate, at least in my world is like you said, you're a self starter. Like you're going to try it. 
I'll say something. You'll take a note. You're going to go test it. You're going to go, all right, that's, I like what you said. Logically, that makes sense. I'm going to try it. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And then usually those are the people that even if they try it, they'll come back to me and say, I tried the thing. Didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me why. And we, we unpack it more and then we have a conversation about it. And then sometimes I'll rationalize, but all right, cool. Just don't do it. It doesn't work for you. Different yeah. things work for different people. So they still get their coaching. They still get their training, but it's one of those things. I'm not going to force them down the path to have my, my flow, my conversation type. Mm-hmm. The people that are in that core 60 group, they have to do it my way. They have to do it the way that I do it. Like they have to be in my essence, perfect, right? As close as they can. And those people get coached and they get, they get pushed to be, to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. The, the top 20%, we're just not going to push them to change the behavior. We're going to let them be the behavior they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, a couple other reasons, um, you know, that we talked about before the show that sales training doesn't stick. Um, one is really goes into before the training that there's just not any buy-in and that's a huge leadership role is, is earning the buy-in for that. Talk to me about how that, that looks in your world. Yeah. Uh, I think the, there's way too many people that hire a sales trainer and a methodology they don't know. Mm-hmm. So they're, if I had Larry come in and train, I would want to sit with Larry and have Larry coach me and coach me and coach me and coach me and coach me before he came and taught my team. Right. I want to understand it to a fundamental principle level where when he says something, I can respond back with, all right, here's how I think we can adjust it to our world. Mm -hmm. Instead of just hiring some guy that, or, or woman that you picked up in the phone book or Google search nowadays. And yeah, this looks like a good sales trainer. Sure, we'll use you, but you don't understand those principles. And then the sales leader doesn't come to the training. They Mm -hmm. just send their team and then there's no understanding there. So who's bought in there? First, when it looks in my world is myself, my sales trainer, my sales leads, all of us get on the phone at least twice a week. And we spend at least three hours a week on the phone so they can hear me and they can also hear me mess up. Mm-hmm. they can hear me completely fall on my face because it's okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's, Hey, these things work and I can prove to you it works. Just listen, listen to me talk, listen to how I go through this process and listen to our sales trainer, watch her do it. She she'll nail it every time. And I think it's something where it gives them proof that it works that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And, and that kind of brings up the last thing is, you know, we were talking earlier and you said, one of the biggest challenges for sales training not sticking is it never really gets translated to the practical terms, the local lingo, the jargon, the, the you know, you get an outside trainer in and you've got to be able to take that and, and translate that down to the everyday speak inside right. your team and your office and your in- industry and all of that. Very critical. Yeah, we don't slow down enough and it's... Yeah. What I like to do now, like, so we, we have our team training on Sailor right now and they go on Tuesdays and they meet with Matt Nelton here locally here in Indianapolis. And he's an awesome trainer and he's trained me and I've, I've learned a ton from him. And when they come back on Wednesday, we actually do a recap together. We sit down, we talk through, all right, what'd you learn? Yeah. What'd you hear? What was that like? All right. How would you apply it? And then a lot of times now that they've had an entire day to process, they come in, they're like, all right, so I thought about this all day yesterday. 
Right. Yep. work. Yep. And you help them translate this to their world. And it's also sometimes of create question, help them create the question that's just a spinoff of the question that is the fundamental way that it works in that sales process or sales methodology, help them create their question, mm-hmm. help them put it into their world. Uh, one thing that I, I've actually found to be very helpful is help them understand where it fits to where in the conversation, this actually works. Mm-hmm. So you chunk it off into let's just do the opening part of this conversation. Let's just do the hook. Let's just do the qualification questions. Let's just do the next step portion or the summary portion, whatever those things are like, separate all those and make sure they understand where it fits in that dialogue and conversation. And it helps slow their world down a lot. Yeah. No, that's, that's well, you, you, you know what? And I admire it because it just shows you care. Right. Well, so, and that kind of, that kind of brings up uh, the last thought uh, as we already wrap this up is um, you know, we have a lot of sales leaders listening and, and I know um, I know this is, is going to be extremely challenging and valuable to all of them. Um, I'm inspired by this. And, um, but what, what would you say, and what, what, I'm going to throw this out to all of us, what, what would you say to the sales professional that's listening that goes, gee, I'm not getting three hours of coaching a week. I don't know if I get three hours of coaching a year. You know, yeah. the ones that have to, in essence, kind of um, self-coach, um, yeah. self-feed. What would you say to that, that rep? Because I think we've all been in that position. And I know a lot of the folks that listen are in that position right now where they're kind of going, geez, you know, I wish I had a coach. Yeah. I, I, I think if you're one, I think if you're listening to this podcast specifically, you're probably a top performer. So mm-hmm. kudos, great job. Uh, it, it, most people that are sitting there doing the self-education, doing the podcast, listening, list, watching blogs, testing things on their own, you're already going down the right path. Just keep doing it. Yeah. But at the same time, speak up. Yeah. Talk to your manager, talk to whoever that person is and say, I need more. I want more from you. I need coaching. I need development. I need this. Like, it's okay to say that. Will you role play this with me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had this theory. Will you try it with me? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you bring up a great point because obviously it's just all this flashbacks are going off in my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. But back in sales therapy again. Yeah, I I know. (laughs) I stopped taking my meds a long time ago. (laughs) But what's interesting about that is because I get those questions. I'm sure Daryl gets the questions, Phil. I'm sure you're asked all the time. And I just said, you know what? Then just take it upon yourself. Continue to do it. Like, I agree. I agree with you, Phil. Speak up, speak out, speak your mind, hold your ground. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you might be speaking the voice of 10 others in doing so. But if Absolutely. you push back and you get all this, then you got to self-reflect and go, you know what? Mm-hmm. Am I in the right place at the right time? Or am Absolutely. I at the right, you know, am I at the right part of my career in the wrong place? Absolutely. Right? And, I, and honestly, look to your peers. Look to like yeah. every organization has the top performer. Or if you're number one, who's number two? Yeah. Go listen to their calls. Yeah, yeah it'll work side by side with them. Like you'll yeah. be surprised. Go shoot questions off of them. Like there's yeah. so much you can do if you're a performer, or if you're if you're a practitioner, and you're sitting in a seat right now and you're trying to sell. There's resources for you. There's people Absolutely. to reach out to. There's you just got to do it. Well, and I love you know we're watching we're seeing teams of people now reading um, selling from the heart right, and they're sitting down, they're doing a team read, um, and, and you know the best practice from that is then to push each other. 
um, to go, okay, how are we going to operationalize this? How are we going to turn this into, um, you know, into something that becomes part of our daily practice, our culture. And, and, um, so I love this because I think this is, uh, this today's conversation is a conversation for sales leadership, but it's also a conversation for sales professionals to go, whether if, if you're getting it from your leadership and you're a top performer, cooperate it's good for you you know it's it's like it's good it's just like the batting coach you know for the dodgers or or whoever your team is um if you're not getting it go find it like find a peer that you can or have your manager say i need to listen in you know come to outbound do you know do something to do whatever you can yourself right in yourself absolutely Yeah. yeah So, man, what a great conversation, Phil. This is this is fantastic. I'm starting to get fired up. Love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. And I'm so proud of. Um, I just got to say, you know, from my heart, dude, I'm inspired to listening to how you lead. I, I mean, listening to how you lead has inspired me. Um, I think that's fantastic, and the way you're investing in your people, the way you think about that, the way you uh, you the way you're doing that is just flat out inspirational. And I know. Um, that the sales leaders out there and, and the true pros are going to be inspired as well. So, man, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for what you're doing and thank you for sharing some time with us on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me on. It was uh, it was a blast. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do want to throw one more thing out there and, and I'll throw props to Phil. I mean, this this was great. But if somebody who's listening to the podcast, you know, that's in a similar role or or wants some in, inspiration, um, what's the best way for them maybe to reach out to you just to say, hello, connect, yeah. you know, they can reach out to us and so forth, but, yeah. um, just uh, on a, you know, on a peer to peer, I mean, what's yeah. the best way? I mean, LinkedIn, um, yeah. I mean, it goes to me like a text message. So right. all you guys that are spamming me with your fake email thing, like I get it, <laughs> I see it but I'm not respond. But for real, like hit me on LinkedIn and, and, yeah. and reach out. Like I, I always love to network and, and talk to people and, and coach through things. Cause I learned just as much in those conversations when people are working through things. Cause it also gives me perspective to think of maybe things I might be doing wrong. Like yeah. It helps me retrospect a lot. So, absolutely. and I would tell anybody that's, if you don't know where to start and you took a lot from this conversation, like definitely reach out to me, but I actually ask you before you reach out to me, like go pick the phone up in front of your team for like three hours one day and just see what happens because I guarantee what happens your team's not going to let you outwork them. And then you're going to all of a sudden have a bunch of fun and you're also going to be like, man, what I'm trying to tell them didn't work. And they're going to, it's going to humble you really quickly. (laughs) So like before you do like reach out, but try it, give it a shot. Like that's where to start. If you're trying to figure out like, I got all these things. These are great notes. Where to start? Start there. Start on the phone. That's, no, the that's phone. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, dude, By I, the way, shoot I video love- of it and send it to us. I want to be a fly. I want to be a fly on the wall on that one. <laughs> that's going to be good. Well, Hey Phil, thanks so much for joining us and thank you everybody else for, for tuning in. By the way, to those of you who are giving us a shout out on social, um, we deeply appreciate it. The reviews on uh, on uh, like iTunes and the other podcasting platforms, what that does, um, other than boost Larry's ego, it also gets the word out uh, to the rest of the world. And and it's uh, it's great. We're now communicating with people on literally every continent that listen to the podcast. So, man, it's just so cool to be a part of this community. So, as always, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work. As we've challenged each other today, 
put this stuff into practice, practice it and make it, you know, don't just consume, actually turn it into something real, but beyond everything else, most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.